Uh, welcome to my podcast on digital real estate. Uh, the post and this podcast were driven by you know a couple of random things that happened in markets and also in my life that made me think about digital real estate and the value of it and whether it's a real the real deal or not. Um, one of the things that sort of motivated me to write about and think about was uh, Facebook changing its name to uh, Meta Platforms. Um, and you know the increasing use of the word metaverse. Uh, according to the economist uh, Neil Stevenson, in his book Snow Crash from 1992, coined the term metaverse. So I went and read that book. Uh, to be really honest, the metaverse part of that book is probably the least interesting part of that book. Uh, although it's very germane to to current markets, there are far more interesting things in that book that make a, a very worthwhile read. But in the book. The metaverse is, as you can imagine, uh, a, a world you know that solely exists within uh, computers and cyberspace, as we call it these days. Uh, but in this book, the, the the area around the portals into the metaverse is very valuable real estate. And as you get away from these portals to the metaverse, uh, real estate values collapse, so to speak. Um, and when you you know, look at what Facebook and Google, Amazon, Microsoft have all done. They've managed to create these portals into cyberspace, so to speak, which they then, you know, able to monetize through charging other businesses that try to crowd around these portals. So, for example, if you search, you know, on Google or use Bing or whatever you want, you, you'll find that, you know, there are people paying an awful lot of money to, to be very high up in the, in the search results there. Um, and so I started to think about what digital real estate meant. And it really is about controlling portals. Creating real estate digitally is is uh, very, very easy to do. Everyone can do it. And in fact, it seems like everyone is doing it. The The real value is controlling the access into it and the portals. And that's really what I've been writing about here. And the reason, the other reason why it became interesting for me is that you can see that with the Chinese Communist Party has taken to using strong regulatory action to break up the sort of monopoly portal or the monopoly access to the internet that was developing in China where Alibaba and, and Tencent really controlled access to Chinese digital real estate. And so what that's done is create you know, a big decline in the value of those firms. Um, and so the real point of the note is that um, if you believe digital real estate is real, uh, if you believe that it can maintain its value, and that the monopoly positions of, of companies like uh, Facebook, Microsoft, Google, Apple, to a degree as well, um, can be sustained, then you know the valuations that they trade at are in some ways quite realistic. And the reason I say that is if you look at real or physical real estate companies like REITs, they often trade in the six, seven, eight, nine times EV to sales or uh, enterprise value to sales that we see now commonplace in tech which are often cited as being you know, very top of the market multiples. Well, that may well be the case, but if, the, if these companies contain assets or contain assets like real estate that are inflation-proof and will rise with rising incomes in general, then those valuations could well be justified. The only issue you have to, to come to terms with is that the regulatory action that we've seen out of China, which has broken open these cartels, does not come and affect the big US and, and US tech companies. And that is an issue that is you have to come to grips with. 
Um, and it's a difficult one because now that China has done it, regulators can understand globally that it is possible. And the second thing is that now that they've broken the grip of the large tech stocks in China on Chinese real estate and the Chinese digital economy, if there are benefits that flow through from that, such as more competition, more innovation, uh, more employment, better, you know, less income inequality, if these benefits start to flow through to China, um, then the chances that they get replicated in the West start to increase dramatically. And so, uh, as I've been pointing out, you know, over the last six months or so, a lot of the risks that we can think about in markets now have become more political than market-driven. Uh, so in the you know, olden days, old days, you know, 10 years ago, when we look at a company like Facebook or Google, we'd be thinking about, you know, you know what is the competition doing here? Are they going to be able to drive down online advertising rates? You know, is, 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 you know, what is the competition doing? But really, we seem to have transcended to a market where we do have to worry more about what the political attitude toward these companies are. Um, and that's where it gets a little bit difficult, I think, for for outsiders. And certainly that's been the case with Chinese tech this year. Uh, outsiders have continually bought these companies even as uh, they've fallen quite a long way. Um, and so that really is a gist of the note, and that's why I've written it. I hope it was interesting. And you know, if you have any comments, please uh, please get back to me. Uh, and if you haven't subscribed to the uh, to the website, please do. All right, thank you.